0: the Mind podcast episode nine today is an exciting episode as we have our second guest coming on uh his name is charles miller and he's from canada um so yeah the podcast is going international Let's go. Cool. Cool. so we've got uk we've got belgium and we've also got canada now so yeah uh charles
1: has played like high level basketball um at the highest levels in the united states as well as the uk um, he's played for teams like Upper Iowa University, the UCAM Citizens, uh, Nottingham Trent University, as well as the Nottingham Hoods. Uh, but on top of all of this, he's also in the process of becoming an accredited mental performance consultant, uh, guiding individuals to reach their full potential. So let's welcome uh,
0: Charles Miller. Hey, hey, here he is, the boy.
2: Easy, 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 you know.
0: <laughs> The star man,
2: the star man of today. Uh, how are you guys doing? Yeah, man. All good. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I got my coffee on, on on the right side of me. Yep. I'm good to go. I'm ready to talk, ready to face these questions. Just get the, the conversation going, you know. Uh, we uh, we got off a good uh, connection the other day when we spoke. Yeah, so mate. i've been looking forward since we we talked on thursday and you know it was yeah. weird to be on the other end of uh of the situation you know you get to ask me question usually it's the other way around yeah but, for sure. uh, it's cool man it's really cool and uh, i've been listening to your podcast for past two days few days too so uh, what do you think, think of them it's great i love the content you know it's very um it's very like unusual, you know, the way you bring the conversation, you're just asking yourself about, you know, your journey. You, you, you may, you did a good job, like introducing yourself. Uh, and I think a lot of podcasts, they kind of do that, but it don't, they don't spend one episode on it. They're going to spend a quick segment, two, three minutes, and then they kind of go on with it. Uh, but you guys did a great job just talking about yourself because you know, I'm, I'm sure most listeners don't know you guys like that. Like I didn't know you guys like that, yeah. but it was cool to see like your experience, like the level you guys played. Uh, I've, I've, I love the episode about uh, stress and anxiety. The second episode, you know, yeah. Oliver, you bring like experience, you know, at the penalty and all that stuff. So no, I thought it was great. That was great. So I, I'm looking forward to, to this one. You know, I, I still got to watch the one when you guys are, 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 are gaming though. <laughs> yeah, those are special
0: ones but uh yeah. but no man like we we've been super excited since we had that little call you know like just mm-hmm. to get to know each other because the feeling was so good like yeah. the chemistry was perfect and yeah. yeah we're so so happy to have you on today man like and just awesome, listen to your man. story and uh yeah share your experience with us for yeah. sure man for sure so, so i think uh, a good place to start is uh for you to like introduce yourself so like let's just go through
1: chronological order like from, from the minute you was born to like your basketball career? Like how, mm-hmm. how, how did it all go? Run me through it.
2: Oh man, where <laughs> to start? I'll start with my name, right? So my name is Charles Miller. I'm from Canada. Uh, I've been playing basketball since, since I'm nine years old. I'm 26 now, so it's been 17 years so far. Uh Not too sure what's gonna happen next, to be honest with you guys. We talked about that last time. Uh, But if I had to to start from day one or or the early on years, you know, played uh, high school, just like uh, all the kids here in in Canada and probably worldwide, you know, in the States and Europe, you play with your high school, you play with your city teams. Um, Fell in love with the game at nine, but really started to be really serious about it around 12, 13. Um, I couldn't understand why other people weren't working as hard as me for me meant, you know, we obviously it's it's a sports like podcast for me mentally. I couldn't, I couldn't understand why I was willing to put all these hours and others weren't. And Mm. that brought a lot of frustration on the early, early stage. And I'll be honest with you. This is something that I've had my whole career. These frustration about how can you guys not be in the gym while I am so early on, I remember this one specific game. I was probably 11, 12, we lost, uh, 50 to 25, something like that. And out of the 25 points, I had like 23 yeah. and my dad wrote me a note and he said, uh, he said something like, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for making the right decision and like, uh, keeping your, your head up high. But he also said, This is something you will have to face your whole life. You can never control others. You can only control yourself. And that was really, yeah, at 12, 11 years old to get that kind of message, it was really a reality check. And I remember, like, if I look back in my drawer, in my room or downstairs, the note is still there because it was such a moment. And I think it still applies to myself today and everything that I do, but that's kind of like one of the specific moment how I knew I wanted to go play in the States, play as high as I could. So I, I did my high school years uh, in Canada, played one year at CJEP. So this is basically a year between high school and university. And um, after that, I went to play in a prep school in I heard, Ohio.
1: I heard you had a, a, a good high school career, though. I um, We've been doing our research and... <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong, but you won uh, the top rookie on the uh, basketball team. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I mean, I had a good, I had a, you know, once you get to university and, and this high level, everyone, everyone is dominating, you know? Yeah. So. You have to big yourself up, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, for sure. <laughs> no, I've, I've had a lot of success in high school. Uh, you know, you know, yeah. all the the, the the team accolades, individual accolades were great. Uh but for me, it was always okay. What's next, you know? So, I think at this level, university and and going forward, most of the guys that are playing are so successful, and that's in any sports, you know. Uh, if you guys think about your own experience, once you reach that once that one level, everyone is good. Like everyone was exciting, is. Good. Was it
1: exciting for you to like link up with like these higher, like better opposition or, or and better teammates to like sort of see. Because as you said, like you was dropping twenty-three out of twenty-five, it must have been so exciting for you to like link. Yeah, with players. yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
2: definitely, it was excited to to reach this high level. Like especially the transition from uh, Canada to the states, it was really mind blown. Uh, so I, as I was saying, I went to this prep school and we played in we played in thirty states in about eight months. So I did like all the main states like California, Arizona. Florida, Kentucky, Ohio, and like I'm not gonna name all thirty of them, but I did all the main states, and it was crazy. Like, you know, I'm I'm five eleven, barely six foot on a good day, right? I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> got
1: the right shoes on.
2: Yeah, I got the right shoes on. And I remember this this one game we're playing against this this top prep school. I don't remember the name, but they're telling me that the up op- the opposite guard like it signed with Syracuse already. And like I have to guard him, the guy's six eight, he's a point guard. So all these oh, passes wow. that I'm making, this guy is deflecting the ball and I'm just like, i this is what I gotta go up against. Yeah. And every every game was like that. So it really built my uh, my mental toughness, my resiliency, and I knew I had to get better. I think um, you know I, it made me realize that uh, I was good, but it also made me realize like, I got to keep doing what I'm, what I've been doing. Like, I can't be satisfied with just going on a prep school. So the prep school year was great. Got to learn about like, uh, like my body a lot, like physical, uh, stuff, you know, like, you know, your vertical, what the right thing to eat, you know, there's a reason why the States are, are, like the biggest manufacturer for basketball player. And, and a lot of sports, these guys are just on top of it. And, and, and even more nowadays, like I look at the high schoolers even here in Canada, and they're doing stuff that I couldn't do until I was like university or things like that, you know? So yeah. they're ahead of the curve. So high schoolers are getting are a lot better than high schoolers back then. So I think the university players are gonna be a lot better than university when I was there. So like the curve is is, is going up, but like, it's not it's not like a, a linear, it's exponential. It's really, really going up really fast. The one thing i'm worried about though is that mental aspect of it physical is great but the mental we're still not there yet it's still very very slow that's why whenever i talk to these high schoolers these cjet players i'm like okay what have you been doing mentally and like there's still not much that's where we kind of get into place and i'm sure we are gonna talk about that a lot more but that prep school really showed me all of that—the mental side of it. I, it was it really giving me a ch- chance to uh, learn a lot more about that, and I, that's why I met my first sports psychologist down there. And this guy—I'll uh, name him because if, if I'm probably gonna share your podcast later, and I want him to see this. But his, guy, his name is Trevor Connor, and this guy really showed me the way yeah. on everything—mental side, your future the transition, being realistic, uh, having goals. And I still talk to him like on a monthly basis. Like he, he wished, he texted me last uh, two, last month, it was my birthday, he messaged me. Uh, I've been following his footsteps. He's been great. Like He's been doing this for 10 years and I'm just getting started. But this guy really showed me the, the way and that like, it kind of like opened my eyes a little bit about sports. And I know we talked about this last time uh, on Thursday, like about transitioning and all that, but I think it's something that is so important. Not, not. I'm not saying that plan B is not good, but I'm just saying, if you don't think about it, like you could have a surprise later on in life.
1: Yeah. yeah. No, I definitely like how you've got those like uh, figures in your life, like you talk about your dad, you're talking about this sports yeah. psychologist, like throughout, it's good seeing those figures and how they've had such an impact on you. <laughs> Just going yeah. back to, like, uh, something I'm quite interested in is the um, how you was playing in all those different states. And I know yeah. like how the NBA is. Like, what is all that travelling like? Because, like, we we as schools, like, when we play football, um, I have to, like, travel to different cities, but the UK, yeah. like, the England's tiny compared to yeah. America. So yeah. what is that travelling like, especially mentally?
2: Yeah, uh, that's a good question. So for the prep school, I remember we would get these vans and, and we just pack up a bag and kind of like, let's go, get on the road, hit the road. So it was just like that typical, like typical Hollywood movie stereotypes, you know, just get in the van, just go play, come back, you know, no, no whatsoever care about your mental side of it. We're just, we just need you to perform. You know, you had a prep school, you got to perform, you got to kind of have to deal with it. So like, I remember this one time we did a tournament, it was, it was, 10 states in 14 days
0: something like that how long are the drives
2: yeah it must be crazy crazy we, we like some of these states are really close like connecticut pennsylvania new york they're all all together they're all really t- really close but some of these states like i remember going down to oh i think it was indiana or illinois i'm not even sure but it was like 10 straight hours 10 straight hours. And I remember the van was so tiny. Like, our luggage was... I remember I had my my, my bag on my legs.
1: <laughs> Man, I, like, in England, like I'd travel for, like, an hour to, like, the closest, um, like, city. And after that, I'd be, like, I, I wouldn't be mentally prepared and physically mm-hmm. prepared to play. So I couldn't imagine being an American traveling, like, 10 hours straight and then having to perform optimally. Yeah. Um, it's definitely oh. something that they must focus on. Uh, to try and because one of our lecturers he was talking about um, he's a sports psychologist at Leicester and he looked at the um, routine up to a game day and he found that you know the dim lights on like um, the buses Mm -hmm. like it was getting them into a state of not like they weren't going to be able to perform optimally because it was quite like Like fatigued you know Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: Like, did you kind of feel the same? Like, did like oh. that bus trip kind of
2: affect your mental side yeah. of the game? and your? Yeah, uh, definitely. Like, I'll be honest with you. Like, I wasn't aware of all the mental side of it yet. You know, I was at that time, I was probably 18, 19. I think it was 19, 19, about, about uh, I think it was the year where, you know, you start in September, you're 18, but you finish the year 19, right? Something like that. Um but I remember like the pregame routine was so I wasn't caring about all of that stuff yet, you know, but I could remember it in, in, in the van, like you, you just always wanted to sleep. You know, you, you're just like, you know, I remember I had my phone, but I didn't have any, uh, any data. So I wasn't doing much. I was reading a little bit, but I was always like dozing off in and on. So, uh, on and off. So like, I remember coming to these games and it was just like, man, I need to, I need to get, need to get ready. Yeah. And I remember this one time, like I faked, I faked being sick because I just didn't want to play. I was like, man, I've been in the car for eight hours. How do, you, how do you want me to go play? So I was like, oh yeah, I was sick. Like I, I threw up, coach. I can't play. I can imagine. He was like, damn. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I can't do it. I'll play them all. He's like, okay, but like, man, it was such a battle, <laughs> but. It 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 led me to you know th- that experience led me to go play in, in a D two Upper Iowa University, uh, and like that whole uh, road trip experience was so much different. We had a bus, yeah, we yeah. had place to sleep, we had our snacks. Everyone had their own spot. Uh, we were you know treated like 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 pros. To be honest, like the 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 team would, would do everything to make sure we were we were ready to play because. Uh, now you're talking NCA, you're talking, uh, one of some of the highest level and like, I didn't get to play. I didn't play much. Like, I'm not, I'm not afraid to say it on the camera. Like if you type in my name, it's, it's, it's a minute or two a game and it's, it's less than a point a game, but it's just, it just happened like that. But I learned so much about the experience and like how to get ready and like watching my teammates, watching the, the veterans getting ready. Um, what
1: was that like? Step up then for you, like stepping up to university level. And we talk about, so I've seen like, uh, so you would have been part of like the draft of 2018. But <laughs> um, like, how good do you think like you have to be to get into the NBA? Like, what are these guys like? Like, are man, they just man, are different,
0: different species? Superhumans. Yeah.
2: Man, because I felt like there were guys like that on my team. There was guys on my team that were... My first year, there was a guy on my team, Grant. This guy could shoot lights out. I thought I was a great shooter. I was a great catch-and-shoot shooter uh, at that age. Now, like, I developed a lot more of my my shooting abilities. But I remember watching him. I was like, man, this guy's lights out. This other guy, uh, Luke, on my team was was smaller than me. And I remember when I visited that school, I, I was guarding him. And this guy lit me up lit me up from anywhere this guy was doing curry stuff on me i remember remember coming to uh to my first training like now obviously i committed it i was back on campus and i remember i was like i was in the locker room i was like one of you guys lit me up on my on my visit which one was it and the guy was like oh it's probably me and i was like yes it was you i was like i I gotta start working out with you yeah and but
0: that's interesting, man. That that you had that kind of reaction. Like, you're like, who who was it? Like, you want to be around those people, you know? That, yeah. that lit you up. That you want to learn from them, you know? That's yeah. really Interesting. And I feel like that kind of takes like a, a special athlete, a special performer to do that. Is to really yeah. stick around the people that will make you better. Like, yeah. it's really interesting. It seems like you have that natural instinct though, because you talked about that kind of at the beginning. That like you said like with the note with your dad and stuff like even before you understood how important the mental side of of sport is so like i don't know it seemed it seemed like for you it's something that you've looked like
2: yeah no you you make a good point john and and i think for me the way i like to think is i'm here you're here um you might be better at things i might be better at other things but i can learn from you regardless even if you're the last guy on the team you're still in the team there's at least one thing that you do that I'm not doing as good as you. And I'm thinking like that in pretty much everything that I do, like even with the, with the mental performance stuff, you know, uh, now like every day I get, I get like a suggested account, I should follow and stuff like that. And I'm looking at, at what other people are doing and I'm like, man, there's so much to learn, so much to learn. And, and it's almost, uh, how can I say this? It's almost, uh, I'm not going to say discouraging, but it's like, it's like, whoa, like there's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's a bit intimidating because you're like, why would someone pick me when there's all of these people out there? But then someone picks you and then you're wondering, okay, I must be doing something good. What is it? How can I improve on the rest of the stuff? So it's like a lifetime journey, basically, when you look at it. But at the same time, the way I like to see it is everything we do in sports, you can apply it to life. And it's the same thing as an athlete. Like, there's still so many things you can improve on. Like, it never ends. You know, I I know you guys have been playing uh, soccer. Football. I know. (laughs) I have to throw it in. I have to throw that in. I know you've been playing football for a long (laughs) time. Uh, And I'm sure you guys are like, look, there's still some things I could improve.
1: Oh, mate. Yeah, I'm like, (laughs) nowhere near the the, the level. And I soon realized that, but but we we sort of resonate with that in terms of like we recently did um like a uh, we basically had to present in front of, in front of our classes and people were coming in and we realized that everyone at Loughborough on our course is like an elite athlete like they're all like mm-hmm. olympians and uh, pros and we're like how how on earth are we here but but we sort of realized we're here for a reason and we belong to be here Mm -hmm. and that's sort of like our our reality and and we've come to realize that so when it is intimidating you have to sort of think to yourself i'm here for a reason and i'm Mm -hmm. here to deliver my message and that's something that i'm really focusing on
2: yeah definitely i um my super my supervisor was telling me you know whenever you're talking to someone like a client a team or whatever you know and i listening to from you guys' uh podcast episode two you guys were talking about self-talk a lot having that that script, that positive script about yourself, whenever you do something, right? Sports, work, uh, whatever. And she was telling me like, you need to tell yourself, look, you're the expert. You're the one doing this. They picked you for a reason. Yep. If you show any of that doubt, they're gonna sense that and they won't come back. You know, They think about, you know, all the resources out there you know if you open your phone and you you ask for a restaurant you're gonna get 10,000 restaurants well you're gonna pick one because there's something you're looking for yeah it's the same thing as uh, with the NPC stuff the mental performance stuff you know some people pick are gonna pick you guys some people are gonna pick me sometimes it's not about about the pros or the cons it's just about the fit looks better this guy's about basketball. I'm more into that sport. This guy's more football or, or baseball. I'm more into that sport. And sometimes it's just, ah, yeah, it's just the way it is. Yeah. But sometimes you need to remember yourself that. So when I kind of like noticed that, especially within the last few weeks, uh, that confidence aspect is, is huge whenever you talk about a concept, you know, um, i'm big on sleep right now i'm big on sleep i've been reading about sleeping i've been looking doing my own research so uh i'm I'm actually doing a few sessions this week with teams on sleep and i'm not really worried because i have so much confidence in my knowledge nowadays that i'm really looking forward to it uh but you asked me two months ago it wouldn't be like that
1: no that's the best feeling Yeah. Yeah. It is like, the same thing
2: with with meditation as well. I've been meditating for the past month, so I know exactly how you should feel. So now the confidence is much better. But again like there's all these aspects out there. It's not like we can we can be expert on all of them, you know.
1: That yeah, that's that's such a big point. Like you can't be an expert on everything. Mm-hmm. And talking about confidence and delivering stuff like if you, if you were to tell me and John, like during our undergrad, we're we're going to be doing a podcast. Like we would have said, absolutely no chance. But, but, um, like now we're fully confident in, in talking about different topics and stuff and even talking with other, uh,
0: consultants and stuff with, about psychology. Like we're doing with you basically like exchanging, like even networking, just having that that relationship, like ultimately it's so important because we can learn off each other, you know? Um, Exactly. So key. But the uh, next point of your career, oh, go on, John. No, go, go. But the next
1: point of your career, you move to the. Um, I, I'm pretty sure I pronounced this wrong. Yeah, you did all right.
2: You did all right. You did all right. <laughs> it, you did all right. It's like a French word, no? Yeah. So basically, um, the name of the university is uh, Université du Québec à Montréal. But instead of saying all that, we just combine each letter together and it makes. In French, it makes you come in English. They always say you, quam, you quam. I mean, they always mess it up. Even here, they mess it up. But yeah. you can, you, you know, we take it. We take it. We appreciate the effort. But yeah. So after I got to tell you this story, though, I got to tell you this story. So after this year and a half in the States, uh, I went back to, to Montreal, right where I am right now. But uh my, after my first year as a freshman, you know, a part of me was like, "Look, I don't care if I don't play as a freshman. I'm gonna learn so much. He's gonna to have to make me play as a, as a sophomore." And you know, I get all these mixed message uh, early on. You're gonna play. You know, you've improved. Da 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 da. So I'm like, "Good. Like, I'm finally gonna play after a year off the bench." You know, so I'm really excited. Then we start the season, and like, I don't play in the first eight games. And he's giving all my minutes to a freshman who was performing well, but I still find, I still found that, like, I could have done probably the same thing as him. Same thing or probably better, but, you know, yeah. we're not going to get into that, you know, it's in the past. So I'm eight games in and I'm like, I can't, I can't be wasting another year on the bench. Like I've worked too hard for this, right? Yeah. As an athlete, you're thinking about all the sacrifice you've made, uh, away from your parents, uh, I had a girlfriend back then. Like I was doing long distance relationship, uh, away from my. I have a twin brother. I don't know if you guys know. Was, saw the- saw that, but I got a twin brother away from him, uh, and it's like, it's it's pressure. It's, it's it's and it mentally it was messing me up. Like I I I'm a, I'm a shooter and like I wasn't shooting the ball right. So I'm like, if I don't shoot the ball right in practice, there's no way he's gonna put me in. So I talk with my mentor back home and I'm like. What are we going to do? He's like, he's like, pack your bags, start talking to teams in Canada and like transfer. He's like, it's that simple. Mm. So I start talking to teams in Canada and I get, I get some good interest uh, from, from the top teams. uh, And like, they're talking about, yeah, you could, you could play right away. You could be in your program, 25 minutes a game. And a part of me was always so focused about the States that I never looked in my own backyard yeah. never for me there was a big x on canada and nowadays you look at you look at canada and and, and we have the uh, second most nba players uh in the league so there's states obviously and then it's canada um and right now university basketball in canada is is, is such a high level now it, it's you know we play against we used to play against d1 and d2 every summer and we'd win we'd win like yeah against uh, uh mid-major low-major division one school but anyway so i made a decision to transfer and i told my coach i go listen coach uh, i'm going to transfer at christmas uh you know i think it's best for my career like i haven't played yet da that and whatever and he goes he goes, you know, to be honest, Charles, I was probably going to talk to you about transfer at the end of the year. So he he told me he was going to talk to me at the end of the year. So I could have lost a whole year. Yeah. Right? So, so as an athlete, sometimes you got to bet, bet on yourself and really trust your instinct. And that's what I did. And so I told him I was going to transfer. And a part of me mentally, it's like I lost 25. A pound of stress and and pressure oh yeah i walked into practice excuse my language you can you can add the beep right and it was <laughs> like funny. i couldn't give a shit about anything yeah. i was shooting i was attacking i was talking trash to guys <laughs> like they were probably like man what, what is up <laughs> but like i i and i didn't tell anyone and like i couldn't for me it's like there's i have no more attachment to this team because i'm leaving in a few weeks right and i was i was i think i've played probably the best two months of, of training i was lifting every day man they got me on a heavy heavy lifting schedule i would i almost i was look i'm i'm 511 i've been 180 185 my whole life right right now I'm about i'm actually right now i'm about one, 174 173 right now i'm tri- trying to trim down okay. but he had me at one ninety seven. Wow. One, I was one ninety seven. I was, I was, I was thick. I was, I was, I was big. (laughs) Right. So, you know, the States and anyway, my, my story is going to end on this. Right. So we're in December. uh, We play this one team. We're smack. We're smoking them up 30, 40. He's putting the bench in right. Bench formers. He looks at me and he's like, can I put you in? And I'm like, if you do that, you're going to mess up my eligibility. And if you do that, I won't be able to play in Dece- in, in January in Canada. So I'm not trying to play four minutes uh, just because I'll lose six months of playing in Canada. So I'm like, don't put me in, coach. He's like, okay, okay, okay. So we win the game. Everyone's hype. We're running to the locker room. He stops me. He grabs my arms. Like He's like, Chuck, did, did you tell anyone on the team? And I'm like, no, I haven't. He's like, okay i'm going to tell them so i'm like okay okay sure we go in the locker room and he's like good win guys blah 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 he does his speech he goes listen before we we get on the road uh, that was a road game it was about 2 hours from from our school so not too bad he goes i have to, uh, some announcements an announcement to make uh chuck that's what they 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 call me right uh, he's like chuck uh Chuck is uh, gonna transfer back home at Christmas. He's found a team in, in Canada. Um, you know, uh, we've we've me and him have talked. We decided it's the best decision for him for his career going forward. Da, 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 whatever, right? I wasn't, but man, I started crying. I started crying, like I remember, like I was on my my kind of like my 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 locker, my spot, and I was just like this crying and heavy tears, heavy tears. And, and like, I was so attached to these guys because you, you know, you spend 200, 300 days with them, right? Like every day, hours on the court, lifting, shooting, training, whatever. And man, I wasn't even playing and I was so attached to this team and these guys. Yeah. And it, I felt uh, guilty for leaving. But I wasn't even playing. Yeah,
1: it's an That's interesting the point.
2: power of, of the team, the power of the, the, the commitment you make to a team or to a university. Like I felt, I had all these emotions, I wasn't even playing. So it really, like it was such a weird feeling and like all the guys came to see me like tapping my shoulder, saying it was okay. They understood the situation. and And like, you know, a few weeks later I left, And I always I I always I think about that moment pretty often lately, to be honest, because it was like, could you imagine a player like it was the NBA deadline a few days ago? Right. Could you imagine a guy that gets traded uh, or guys that, you know, hit the free agency and and don't ever come back? So. Like,
1: that's what I was going to talk to you about, like how. So I I seen like I I follow Raptors and that like mm-hmm. Norman Powell just got like tra- mm-hmm. like traded and it's like they have to move to a complete different part of America and it's like that that must be such a like difficult period and they only get like a couple I don't know, I don't know what the process is like but I imagine it's like a couple days
2: notice like or even is it it's even that he played last night so I know like <laughs> he he got traded on Thursday he played on Friday night so. Do
1: you think they get any notice though, like b- b- beforehand, or do you think I that agent it. just calls you up saying, "Like, pack your bags, yeah. we're playing on Friday"? Yeah,
2: I've been uh I've been listening to JJ Reddick's podcast a lot. Uh, he's he's like right. one of my favorite NBA players, a shooter and all that. Yeah. and follow him since he's, he's been at Duke. And he was saying that he got he got treated uh like in two thousand, I think it's. 11 or twelve something like that he got traded to to the bucks after spending like nine years with the with the magic and his agent told him no you're good you're good you're good and they got in the in the bus to go to the plane to go to the uh, road a road game and the deadline was at three o'clock and at 259 2 uh the coach was like uh, jj and you two stay in the bus you just got traded like you can't, you won't get in this in this plane with the rest of the team. You're gonna get on another plane because you have to go. So I don't think they get to know this man. So mentally, it must be must be such a challenge. Like uh, Lou William got traded, and he said that he he thought about retiring. Yeah. He thought about retirement. He was like, "What's the point? You give so much to a team, to an organization, to just be traded like that. It must be such a, a mental challenge, such a mental." uh roadblock you know
0: yeah, and, yeah. I, and i guess it doesn't only affect like the team aspect like the, the yeah the team you're playing for it's also like a- aspects in, in your personal life also so you have to like consider your family like potentially moving away from a family or like having yeah. to bring them with you and like like i can't imagine that happening in football like here here in the uk like that's, that's that would never happen like yeah, the UK is planned in advance like yeah, yeah. done clean you know yeah I, like that's yeah it's crazy
2: yeah it's it's insane but to go back to you know what i was uh, what we were talking about about transferring so yeah after that that moment like i left a few weeks later i transferred and, and that was that could have been such a tough uh, situation but it ended up being perfect like uh, i remember i left the states on the 23rd of december and like on the 26th i had my first practice in Montreal. And like the coach was there for me, Uh, the players on the team, they were, they were like, yo, we need some shooting desperately. So like you fit the, the situation perfectly. And I got into a situation where I could play 25 minutes off the bench. So for me, it was unreal to go from one minute, every two games to 25, a game, six men roll. And like, um i spent half of that year six men and then i i started for the next three years as a shooting guard so the situation ended up being perfect uh and like i connected with the guys on the team Uh, i was close from home close to the people that love me people around me uh it was a challenge because you know that stress of you know do i still got it like you know, haven't played in so long. Like I've done practices, but haven't played in a game in so long. It's not the same mm-hmm. thing, for sure. Uh, but it ended up being a really good situation, and probably some of the best year of my life, to be honest.
0: I was, yeah. I was going to quickly ask you. Um, Go ahead. So, yeah, you mentioned that you fit perfectly their program and like their, mm-hmm. their, their positioning. Like you mentioned, like that stress. Like did you kind of feel that, like a, quite a lot, like having having that kind of pressure on you because they really needed someone so yeah
2: so first practice like i got there super early i'm like let me be the first one in there so like it does it's not like that dramatic movie scene where i go in the gym and everyone's like <laughs> you know yeah so I, I was exactly so i'm like if practice is at 10 i'm going to be there at 8 7:30 so i can get i guess my reps and like kind of get things flowing <laughs> so I was there early and I like, talked to the coach. He gave me like my, my warmup, my jersey, a uh, little bit of gear so I could fit in, right? I think the gear was super important, you know, to, to have like something with the logo on it. And I think it's something that teams uh, forget at times, having like a specific kit, having like uh, sweaters and t-shirt and long sleeve. As an athlete, it makes you part of a team quickly. You know, when you're like, oh, I got that shirt, He's got it as well, so he made sure of that uh, early on. And like first practice, they're showing me the playbook, and like it was funny every time I was making a shot, it was like hey, (laughs) everyone was like clapping, and I was like guys, but I remember I was like I made two shots in a row, and they were like let's go, they were like yeah, and I was like guys, guys, relax, like it's not I'm not a beginner, you know, like I've been there before, but it was just. They were trying to make me fit in, right?
1: Yeah.
2: Um, but I think what helped is the connection I have with the point guard. The point guard, mm-hmm. his name was Kevin Blain, uh Kevin Blain. Uh one of the best point guard I ever played with. This guy was natural scorer, natural leader. He made me feel so good, you know. And it was too bad I only got to play with him for that that one half a year. Uh, he ended up. Um, spending time on, on his personal projects and uh, his career uh, but this guy had had the potential to play pro anywhere in the world uh, he was such a good player he was a triple double machine uh, but he made me feel so good about myself as a as a player and he had a big impact on me because i was like how can i make others feel like that moving forward yeah uh, is that and- something
1: that's big for you like uh, the importance of like having like good teammates and like the feel like the feel like is that
2: really yeah. important for you yeah it, it's so important and i talk about it a lot with with uh the university team i'm working with i'm working with with ucam so i'm working with with some of these teams and we had. so what i do is that every month i do like a session about a specific concept and like i get to talk with four or five players from each team uh these 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 players were selected by their, their trainers and their coaches so the, two months ago, it was leadership this month, it was confidence and I'm always trying to bring that, that team aspect of it. And, and I think when, when we were talking about leadership, some of them were saying like, you know, how can I elevate my, my teammates? And I think it's so important. And, and I, I've considered myself a leader for so long. And, and I think that's what I was always trying to do. Like, how can I make them feel so good about themselves that they want to play with me uh, they want to be on the court with me, and like they want to uh, do, uh, they want to go to war with me. At my, uh, you know, at the end of the day,
1: yeah. Uh,
2: I don't think it's like that in every sports. Mm. I think sometimes the personal agenda gets to it, and we sh- we kind of like shy away from that. But um, yeah. I think it's something I always pride myself on. You know, how so can I th- make- Go on.
1: Is it just you? Come, you work with because um, we was um, speaking to a, a basketballer. Like he played basketball in the states, um, but his girlfriend plays for uh, Nottingham Trent, and his uh, his name's Joey Hewitt. And he said that you work um, maybe with his uh, girlfriend at there. Yeah. Did you, ever, did you ever work with that team, or do you still work? Yeah, with yeah,
2: yeah. I work with the I work with the WNBL NCU team yeah so they just had a game this morning i was watching their game again against uh, Hip Switch. they his hip is the best team in the league and they won so it was a big time win for them good yeah i've been doing some sessions with them as well about every two three weeks um since october we always do like a little recap about the previous performances uh we had session about team goals uh our identity early on and like moving forwards uh obviously January and February is a bit slow because of COVID. They, they had a huge break, but uh, yeah, we've been working. I've been working with that team as well. And I think it's just about, uh, I, I'm a big believer of like self-awareness. I think self-awareness is always the first, like within the first steps, you know, what do you do as an athlete and what kind of impact do you have on others? You know, I always say in, in team sports, if your impact is not on the stat sheet, it's got to be on something else, your energy, your intensity uh, on someone else behavior, uh, you know, doing the little plays, the hustle plays, all that, that type of stuff. And I think uh, we forget that at times. We truly forget that. And I think that uh, learning more and more about mental performance, it's allowed me to, kind of like know a lot more about that and it, it showed me that there were games it kind of like showed me how to look back on myself as well I was always been a, like a big I uh, always been hard on myself when I was playing uh sometimes you know looking at the obvious like the points the shooting percentage and like complaining about how I didn't shoot the ball well but then looking at okay what else did you do like okay you like you 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 were uh positive. You got you took care of like huddles, uh, stuff like that. So I think this is still like a small stigma. I'm not gonna say it's a big one, but I'm gonna say we still the casual people, the casual people in sports, they always look at the stats. Yeah. And they don't look at the little stuff that are not on the stat sheet. And this I think this is something that still needs to work on. And for athletes, it's extremely hard because we don't spend as much time on, our, uh, on our mental aspects compared to physical aspects. So we're going to spend, I don't know, let's say like 10 hours lifting and, and training on our team, and we're barely going to spend an hour on our mental stuff every week. Mm. You know, so trying to slowly break that barrier is going to be, it's going to be a challenge of a lifetime. You know, we'll be doing that for the next 40, 50 years until, you know, it changes within generations, but.
0: Yeah it, yeah, it will take everyone to change. It. Like it's, it's difficult for everyone to be on board with this change, but but your point about stats is actually, it really resonates with me. Uh, I feel like, so I don't know if you have been watching the Last Chance U documentary on- Yes, show, of so course. You know, bro, like they always like, nearly after every game, they bring the stats out and they like basically yeah. only focus on that. Like, yeah. I feel like basketball specifically, is a heavy, heavily like stats, uh directed sports yeah uh i feel like i feel like football like f- with the comparison i feel like coaches do recognize the kind of leadership and uh like kind of like responsibility role and they do value that a lot but, but yeah I'd it's it.
1: also it's also the impact of like social media so i know yeah, so the, new, the newer generation like These younger people that they're coming into these sports and there's like they'll just comment like stats like stats stats, stats. that's it and they don't realize the other things that go into sport like leadership like um like some some players will just be in the dressing room just for the good vibes like because they bring a good team atmosphere and they don't realize that and then they'll like go in hard on like these people on social media and it affects the athletes so it's a yeah it's a huge
2: huge huge uh factor in, in sport man social media is like, I remember like with, with my, uh, my, uh, Miller consulting page, right. Uh, I had, I kept doing all these polls early on and I was like, is social media affecting your, your, uh, performances or just your mindset. And I think I got like 50%, like 50 are saying yes, 50 are saying no. Uh, but I think, I think that's false. I think people won't, um, uh, they won't agree with that aspect of social media. Like, look, and then you 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 think about last chance you or, or or just think about your own experience, right? What's the first thing you do after practice? Open your phone. First thing you do after a game, pull the phone out. Like, so I read a study that eighty percent of teenagers wake up in the night and check their phone. Mm-hmm. Wow. Like, that's four out of five. Four yeah. out of five people, that's during the night. So, you really think that during a game, when the coach is not in the locker room yet, some of the guys don't check their Instagram real quick? Mm-hmm. Come on now. No, Come no. on.
1: Like, the clubs I've worked at, like, they, um, as soon as the game's finished, they're like, oh, like, I need my clips. Like, I need to put it on social media. And a lot of the like clubs will say, like, you can only use these for um, – performance enhancement purposes so like analyzing your own game you can't upload onto social media because it can have such a neg-
0: like negative effect and you- you're only
1: performing for those clips
0: like yeah yeah and also like these pl- these young players they kind of like they value themselves on solidly on these clips so it can be an yeah. issue like if-, if they get a bad comment or whatever like it- they're so like yeah like not sensitive but like fragile yeah. you know it can it can fragile a, a really talented player so easily we had a yeah. massive debate about this, John, didn't we?
2: Uh, oh, the, the, the if we get into it, uh, <laughs>
0: it's because
2: I think I think the the big problem is, and like I think us us three, I don't think us three are, are better than others. You know, I think we've all had our issue as well with social media. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think it's just these the young the younger athletes and even even the older ones, right? But whatever, like I just think we're insecure. And these likes and the followers, we we get like. I think I'm not sure if it's like if I'm saying it right, but we get we get hit by some kind of hormone when we yeah. get like these likes, these followers. Yeah, we do. For sure. And it's like we it enlights us, right? We there's something I something wrong with, with when we see these likes and these comments and these followers, and it gets it. You get addicted to it. Hundred you know, percent. And, and I look at sometimes uh, I, 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 I work with athletes and like they, they, they message me on Instagram and, and I look at their profile and it's like 1.5 followers. The guy has posted once and, you know, he posts his workout or pictures of him. And it's like you already have 1.5 uh, followers uh, and like you've only post once. So clearly you're 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 picking and choosing what you're posting what you're letting people know, like where are the days where you can just post your stuff and just not worry about what they're going to say?
1: Yeah, I've had a real big cleanse on like my personal Instagram of um, like taking people off who I don't really know, like, and all I want to do is just be able to post stuff that I want to post because I have that like insecurity of like, oh, people may see this or people may think that. I just want like the real people in my my life and for them to see what I'm doing and just post
2: freely. Yeah. 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 I'll be, I, and this is why I keep saying to people around me, like I'm every week I come so close to deleting all these apps, but like now it's, it's becoming a work tool, yeah. you know, with my page. So it makes it hard to reach out to athletes if you don't have Instagram, because that's what they're using, yeah. you know, like they're not using emails. They're barely texting. I always tell them, like, hey, send me an email, send me a text. I'd rather have a text message than oh, a gosh, DM, sure. but they're more comfortable on the DM. So that's the main reason why I'm using it. But a part of me is really thinking the day, the day I'll, I'll grow, the day I'll be more comfortable. Uh, I'll probably just use uh, Instagram for for sharing stuff and like the messaging, all of it will be strictly by uh, email or something like that. But right now, I'm just I'm not there yet, you know, to be honest. But, it's good
1: that you've done that. Like, like that was the whole point. I created my psychology page, like, to sort of separate work from my personal life. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it's a huge thing that, that you've done
0: that, and Johnson that also because yeah. I wasn't fun. I wasn't gonna do it at first. I remember telling you, oh, like, yeah. I was like, the, the people that follow me anyway, like, like anyways, like they're gonna wanna mm-hmm. see this. But then, like, I came to the realization like it's mm-hmm. just it's just better to just separate the two like your professional life and your personal life so so yeah, yeah. it definitely inspired me there <laughs> and and
2: if you look at my page like i think this morning i had like 230 followers something like that 227 right and I've, I've got hit so many times by these guys that are trying to get me oh we can help you grow your followers and i'm like i'm not trying to do that like yeah. they're gonna grow organically by the content and the relationship that i make i don't want to I wanna give you, some guy was like, I, if you give me two, two uh, 250 bucks, I'll get you to like a thousand followers. And I'm like, I don't need that. Like it's gonna get there organically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's gonna get there by the content. I don't want a thousand people that like, they got the random, I don't know, coffee mug lover, three, four, five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, okay. <laughs>
0: I yeah. guess it'll just bite them in the arse in, in the future, you know? Like, yeah. um, as like, long as you're having an impact like, on, exactly those, on, on those, on those
1: like, followers that you have, like, that's all that matters. So yeah. Like
2: this guy was messaging me yesterday. He goes, he followed me. Every time you follow me, I send you a message saying, thank you for the follow, Right. And he goes, he goes, uh, your page was recommended from one of my contact. He said you share great content. And I was like, Oh wow, that's dope. Like, thank you. I really appreciate that and that to me is a lot more valuable than getting 10 followers from people that i don't know you know so i don't know i think uh it's all about building connection and re- and, and building relationship at the end of the day you know yeah
0: sure right complete change of subject now Go on. so you briefly talked to us about you being injured uh in your career. Yes. An injury yeah. for me, like for both of us, because we've ex- both experienced like quite quite bad injuries, not like football careers. Um, mate, just tell me about yours and, and your experience with it. Yeah.
2: Oh man. I'll never forget. Uh, January 13, 2017. It was a Friday. Friday 13. Wow. Uh, we're playing McGill, McGill University. They're the best team in the league uh by far uh we're we're three we're third or fourth uh you know we're having a decent season but i that year i was training really hard with my mentor and i felt like that game was going to be was going to be like a a click it was going to be like uh the moment of the season where i like really take it to the next level we start the game really hot and i start extremely hot like i think i'm I'm four for four. I have eight points already. Um out of like the 13 we have, whatever. And I'm feeling myself like mentally, I'm just like, okay, I've entered I've entered the zone. You yeah. know, we all know about the zone. I was in it. Yeah. And I remember I have the clip of the first quarter on my computer. And man, I'll send it to you guys if you guys want, but like I'm I'm there. Like I you could see it in my body language, you could see it in my demeanor. You could see it in everything that I'm doing. I said, okay, this, he's about to have a good game. Yeah. I catch the ball on the left wing. It's a play for me. Usually, I always step in and take a shot. Always. But that time, for some reason, I stepped in, shot fake. My guy jumped, took a dribble. I, I go into my layup and I go I do a floater. And my right foot lands on someone else's foot, half on the foot, half on the ground. Mm. So like, basically this is the other guy's foot. The first part of my foot is on, on, is elevated like this. The other part is on the ground like that. So it breaks my fifth uh, metatarsal, met- metacarsal, something like that. Yeah. Just breaks. And I'm on the ground holding my foot and I'm in pain and, uh, I, I can I can still see the image in my head because I watched the, the video a ton of time and I'm holding my foot and I'm struggling. And like the, the, the referee whistles, my parents and my brother are in, the, are, are in the crowd and I can see them and my, my dad is kind of like worried. My brother is like, crap. I get up and I start walking. I start walking. I go, I'm like, All right, I'm good, I'm good, I jog. And I'm like, I'm like, okay, okay, coach, give me a sub. Just just to be sure. I go on the bench, I go see the trainer. I'm like, I'm like, yo, take my ankle, take my ankle so I can go back, right? Take, like, hurry up. Adrenaline is, is is flowing, right? Starts tipping my ankle. And I'm like, I'm like, that's not why, that's not where I'm hurt. I'm like, take my foot, take my foot. He starts just touching it, and I'm in, I'm in a lot of pain. And he goes, okay, walk for me. And I couldn't. I adrenaline was like slowly fading away. I couldn't put any weight on it. Yeah. And he goes, you can't go back out there. I'm like, I'm like, what do you mean? I have eight points. We're winning. He's like, you can't. And man, we end up we end up losing really bad that game. I think there was a whole shift when I couldn't go back in. Like some of the guys uh, were telling, like the coach was telling me, it was tough to to see you go down. But anyway, so game, game uh, finishes, I go to the hospital with my brother. We, with the university, we have like a, this this uh, doctor that is like on call for us. So whenever we get hurt, he comes in and we kind of like, we can skip through like all the rest of the people that are there, you know? Student athlete's privilege.
0: <laughs> Sounds cool, mate. That's
2: really cool. Sounds, you know, exclusive. <laughs> yeah. And I get to the emergency room, doctor st- starts touching my foot. And he's like, oh, I'm positive. It's just a high ankle sprain or like a a sore. As an athlete, you you're just happy. It sounds positive, so I'm positive. I'm like, oh, I'm like, fuck yes. I'm like, tell me, doc, two three weeks and I'm back. He's like, we'll just we'll do X-rays just to be sure. Like, remember, right? My foot is slowly getting like big, right? It's swollen and all that. I do the x-rays doc comes back 20 minutes later he opens the door and he goes i'm sorry it's fractured and i i just can't i couldn't believe it and i was like how you just told me it was a sprain or or a tweak or a bruised foot whatever and i remember it was getting late it was like two it was 2 a.m in the morning and I just started man I've been crying a lot on this episode right <laughs> I just start crying crying and like grown men tears you know I was 21 I was I like 20, 21 uh, and I'm just man I just can't believe it and and uh, like it's just it just hits me that we're are we're, we're in the thick of the season. We have about six weeks left. We have two games a week. There's about 11 games left for the playoffs. Uh, And then it's like the season ends early March. So we're mid-January. So there's about six, seven weeks left if if we end up going to the Nationals. And I was crushed. I got back to my house. It was 5 a.m. Couldn't sleep at all couldn't sleep at all that day. And, 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 and uh, I remember like, we, we had a game against the same team the next day It was back to back to back games. And I, I, my brother was nice enough to drive me to the game, stay with me. I had my foot in like a little cast, whatever. And I remember I was watching a game. I was just, I wasn't there. I wasn't, I wasn't there at all. I was, and I remember a friend of mine took a picture of me, like he took a snapshot from really far. And he was like, uh, prayers up. I hope you, I hope you recover really quick, whatever. And I I'm there, but I'm, I'm really not. And I remember it was just, I just entered a zone where I was like, what, what's going to happen. And like, it, it only lasted three months. Right. And you, you look at the COVID situation that it's been a year now. So what is three months versus a year? So right days, I'm, I'm mature enough to realize that maybe it was a uh, maybe i overreacted but it was my first time really having a hard injury and man i got hurt on friday night on monday i was in a boot on a bike pedaling because mm-hmm. i was like nah man i'm coming back i'm coming back don't worry i'm coming back give me four weeks like the physios are talking to me, they're like, "It's minimum six weeks in the boot." How can you do four weeks? I'm like, I'm Charles Miller, you, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So a little bit of arrogance, uh, probably cockiness. I'll, I'll admit, I was, you know, I was young and innocent, and 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 my girlfriend at the time was telling me, like, "You make no sense." Like she was like, "You're you're scaring me a little bit," because like, what's the definition of like? Mental disorder, mental illness. It's it's being in your own reality. You're disconnected from day to day reality, and obviously there's other symptoms, stuff like that, right? And 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 I was I've in, I entered that mode. I like I was completely disconnected. Instead of resting, I was going to the gym, putting a chair down, and I was shooting, grabbing my own rebound, yeah. shooting. <sighs> and sometimes the ball would would go away. I'd be like ah. Get up, grab the crutches, go get the basketball, come back. And like people were looking at me like, what are you doing? Like, Just rest. But I couldn't, like, I couldn't disconnect, disconnect, dissociate myself. Yeah. You, you know, th- we talked about it on Thursday, like my identity was so- solely on sport. Mm. I was, and that was a big, yeah. And that's like, a big mistake.
0: Yeah, athletic identity. Like, I'm sure the, the reasons why you were acting like that, because your identity was so high and so focused on basketball yeah which is which is which is fine but it, it can make the process of being injured like or be it's like hard. when you're out of your sport yeah like much so much more difficult yeah uh, and i think a lot of like the, the higher level you go in sport the more you'll find this um because obviously like it's a big part of your life isn't it
2: yeah um,
0: whereas for, 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 yeah whereas for example for me like when i was injured like i like, I was obviously sad not to play anymore, but I felt like it wasn't the end of the world. Like, mm. you know? So, yeah, it's yeah. really interesting to see the comparison.
2: Yeah. And and a part of you, like, you look at professional sports, NBA, NHL, NFL, uh, at the MLS, the, the, the soccer league here, they have access to the top doctors, top people, top facilities. So, you know... I seen a basketball player fracture his hand uh, last year and he was back in six weeks or even this year. He was back in like five, six weeks. And my girlfriend broke her hand; She she had a, a fracture right in the middle of the hand right here. And she was out from 15, 16 weeks, you know, because her recovery took a long time. And I was like, how? How is this guy getting back in five six weeks? It's because they have access to all this top facility. So a part of you is thinking, if he can do it in five six, why why can't I do it? But it's because they have access to everything, and we don't. And yeah. obviously, it's normal. But a part of me was was believing that. And I remember, man, I was I was I was taking all these calcium supplement from my bones to mm-hmm. to work overtime. I was, man, what was I eating? I was eating protein and and. Yeah. I was trying to do everything to come back as quick as possible, and and I never came back. Uh, that, the, point, the,
1: that point you bring yeah. up about having the the facility, like those practitioners and, and the people who can sort you out, like that's something we really emphasized, or I really emphasized during the uh, injuries episode, what we did in episode three. Yeah, um, like. I was just told to, like, by my friends and family, just just rest up. But w- we're quite privileged in the UK to obviously have the NHS and, like, we, we can just go and get free healthcare. Yeah. So, like, as soon as I did that and went to the doctors, like, I'd, I'd already rested for six weeks, come back, and then I got injured straight again because it was, like, an overuse injury and I hadn't strengthened it back up. Yes, I'm and, so yeah, and uh, so that was so frustrating for me, like, six weeks of rest and then I come back and it's still not, not sorted. So I went and seek professional uh, care, and they told me like what the injury was, how to recover, and by listening to them, like like what do we know? Like as psychologists, like they, they know best. So just listen to them, and you'll be back on the court or back on the field like quicker than
2: you expected. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I see it. I see it right now with the mental performance a lot. Like physically, right? You get hurt, you go see the doctor. Uh, mentally, if you're struggling, who do you go see? You know, People mm-hmm. are still not sure who to go see. So that's why I think the mental performance is we're such in a good spot right now because with COVID slowly improving, athletes are going to expect to be at a certain level, but they won't be because they've been off for a year. Um, so and I think it's our job to kind of like step in and kind of trying to lead the way um and uh like i think there's still uh, a lot of information that is missing people think that they're like yeah but like how is it gonna work if you tell me this stuff and i'm like look you need to trust me i've done it you would trust a doctor without any hesitation if he tells you rest for four weeks no jumping no running you can you can only walk on it if true. there's no pain, if a doctor tells you that you're going to be like, perfect doc, I got you. Yeah. A mental performance, a psychologist, you're not sure for some reason, a part of your DNA goes, are you sure doc? Are you sure about it? Yeah. And it's like, I am sure. Cause you need to believe my experience. You need to trust what I've done. Like, yes, I'm, I'm the, the professional. I'm the expert but for some reason. If it's not concrete, like a broken arm. Yeah. For some reason it takes more time.
1: They just think it's like uh, like opinion based, like we we're, we're just like coming up with something random, but there's so yeah. much study that goes into it. There's so much research behind what we're saying. Like oh, there needs to def- definitely be that trust. But I feel like people are opening more up about like their mental health in sport. I know that I saw on um it was on TikTok, I think, and uh Paul George opening up about his yeah. mental health. Um, so it's definitely good that these bigger athletes are doing that because yeah. it's sort of it like it's from like a top down that mm. these role models are uh, providing the examples for kids to open up about the mental health, also.
2: Definitely. Paul George coming out was big because he didn't perform well. Um, what's bad, the one thing that I didn't like, not about his comment, it was like some other players were saying that he used that as an excuses for not performing well, you know? Yeah. And I was like, man, it's it's not an excuse. It's just a reality. You know, like you're the one saying it's it's an excuses, but you weren't, you, you, you'll never know what he was dealing with. And that's the difference because, uh, and and that's the difference in in any kind of injury, physical or, or mental, like, You'll never know how it feels like. If we, if we, all three of us, we break our, our, our right arm right now, we each can have a very uh, specific situation and experience of that broken arm. It yeah. could be extremely hard for me. It could be extremely easy for you, Oliver, and extremely kind of like medium for you, uh, John. You know, yeah. it could be it could be different for for each individual. So. That's why we're so quick to judge. But sometimes, like, man, take a step back and, like, yeah. who are you to judge anyone?
0: Yeah, like, and I feel like those comments, they're just going to stigmatize, like, the whole mental health aspect even more. Like, yeah. Yeah, I think people should be aware of, like, what they're saying uh, before yeah. actually. But, yeah, but, that, like, we're human, we make mistakes. But I feel like us, our job also is to educate these people and to. Just yeah. say, like just, like you said, have a step back and just think before you actually say stuff. Um, yeah. No, it
2: goes
1: back, sure. back to that social media like thing. So, like a prime example um, in, uh, in England right now is um, Jesse Lingard. He played for uh, Manchester United and mm-hmm. he was, um, he's had like a really bad two years. Uh, I know he had a lot of problems with his family life and he wasn't performing on the pitch, but a lot of people didn't know that and people were getting on top of him on social media. He was getting ripped, he was getting like, turned into like a meme and stuff and- uh, Like hardcore, really. Yeah, like bad. And yeah. he opened up about his mental health in a um, interview. And uh, like, he just talked about all the problems that he's been facing and like, people started to get behind him. And now he's, got, he's gone to a different club, West Ham, and he's out, he's got back into the England squad because of how well he's performing. So it just shows, like, people on social media. Like, I'd urge you to, like, just get behind these athletes if they're having a bad time. Just, like, you need to, you need to support them, not just uh, get on top of them. And, and yeah.
0: it's not even wa- like criticism. That yeah, it, it's just so, like so bad. Yeah. Why? Why do we? I wonder why. Like, you know, when why do we have this type of reaction when an athlete is performing badly? Why do why we so quick to like go on their social media and go in their comments, like, of their photos, be- and be like. Yeah. I do get it. Why?
2: I, yeah. It's it's like we get so attached to them, and it's like, yo, it's like it's it's not. I think it's man, it's such a good. It's such a good question. There's no, um, there's no like clear answer to that I question, but I just think like we get so attached. I seen a thing the other day, like Damian Lillard, um, scored. I think he scored like twenty two points, and this guy, uh, posted. Uh, like his betting on the team, on the Trailblazers. And he got all the bet right. And the only one he didn't get was Dame scoring 30. And he mm-hmm. goes, he, he goes, scoring 30 was really too hard for you. Mm-hmm. And Dame goes, CJ, his backcourt guard, right? He goes, yeah. CJ McCollum had 30 at the half. Mm-hmm. I, he 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 could have gone, he could have get 50 for us. So he's like, I was trying to let him get going. He, and he goes, are you going to give me some of that money if I score 30? And I'm like, why do we get so attached to, to, to those comments? And, and oh, no. like, think about you guys' experience as athlete, you know. Could you imagine having a bad performance? And I'm sure we've all have a bad performance. And then for 24, no, for, for seven straight days, someone reminds you about this oh, no. bad performance every everywhere you go. You go online. You go to the supermarket, you go to the library, you go to school and everyone is is throwing this at you. Remember, like take take the the smallest example, you know, think about how we um, we react when I don't know. When one of your favorite team loses, right, your favorite team loses, you see a few memes, people saying like, oh, they shouldn't have lost. Like you can always close your phone and you won't you won't get to see it. But imagine not being able to escape from that. I know. oh,
1: like, and how I to think, like bounce back from that? Like, mm-hmm. it'd be so difficult to have that abuse like all week, and then, like, how are you going to go and perform on, on a Saturday or Sunday? Like, it'd be so so difficult.
0: I think, yeah. through, I think we know, like, we, we're we asking those questions, like, why do people do this? Because we know, as uh, like, mental performance coaches, sports psychologists, that really the effect it can have on these athletes. But I think, I don't know, 80, 80% of the people that are fans and stuff, they they really don't know. The, the really negative effects it can have like th- their comments uh on these yeah. artists. So once again, it's our job to kind of shed light on that, I guess. 100%. Yeah. I, th-
2: I think, if I, I think if I, if I wasn't like at that level, I would just like delete, like, you know how when you have a picture, you can delete the comments. Like I would just never allow comments and I think I would get away from Twitter and all that type of stuff. I think I, I man, I don't know what I would do, honestly. Because like, there's, there's some fun stuff on social media as well, you know? Like, athletes have the right to, to have access to all of that, you know? know.
1: All right. So, uh, we, we've talked about social media and stuff, but um, we'll go on. To, we've talked about your basketball career. We haven't really uh, talked too much about um, mm. Nottingham, Nottingham Trent and Nottingham Hoods. Yeah. But I really want to um, talk about, like, why you got into
2: psychology or, or like, mental performance. So... Since I'm very, very young, I I've always known I wanted to work in psychology. I didn't know if it was psychology sport psychology. Um, I wasn't sure, but I always knew I wanted to be a psychologist or or be like a mental performance and around this this domain, this field, because I think like. Working with the like some like human behavior is just. It's unlimited. There's no, you can't put an end to that, you know? So I think, I thought this was really, really, really interesting from a young age. Um, and uh, having, uh, having done, completed my career in, in, in Montreal, in Canada, like I finished all my eligibility year and I wasn't ready to stop playing and I wanted to try maybe play pro. So I looked at this program that a friend of mine did It's like, you can go in the UK, study and do a master for a year and compete at the same time. So I looked at, I looked at, uh, University of Derby, I looked at Essex as well. I looked at NTU and like that, all these strong sports psychology program that we didn't really have here, we have them, but it was at least two years, two years. And like, I, I didn't, I wouldn't be able to play. So I, I made like the, I started the process. Got apply I got, I got accepted in all the university that I applied to but then it was about the financial aspect of it the best situation finding the right fit so so two uh, two, two years ago in 2019 I took one week uh, to go to UK to visit the university and I remember uh, one of the coach was like people don't do that like they don't they don't go vi- they don't they don't take a, a cross-country flight to go visit two or three university, And I was like, I mean, why not? It's, it's, it's a one-year decision. It's going to have a big impact on my life. So, I, like, I don't mind spending uh, some money on it. Like, like it's going to come back at the end, you know? So, I visited Derby. I visited Essex. Visited NTU. And, like, when I visited NTU, uh, me and the coach clicked instantly. Ryan Wesley at the times. And he was also coaching Nottingham hoods as well and what was really attractive with that university was first first of all the financial aspect that i, I could receive from them was a lot better than all the other university the lifestyle was fairly cheap for students um, and it was giving me the ability to compete at a, at a high university level and To be like a a, a practice player with the hoods because eligibility wise, it's such a, it's such a mess. Like it's really hard, but they don't, they don't accept the Canadian university level as professional. Even though we have, we're D1, like I played D1 in Canada, but they don't accept it as professional level. They still consider it as an amateur level, even though it was stupid because I was better than some of the guys on that team.
1: Yeah. But for
2: me, it was like, you know what, let me learn from the in and out of the business, what it means to be a pro, you know, understand this aspect and that aspect and, and competing at a high level. And I did. And I was I was trying to be in a sponge. I was like, let me, let me learn as much as I can from that opportunity. And uh, we'll see where that goes. So had a lot of success. Unfortunately, I think got cut down short because of COVID. Uh, we lost our league championship game to Derby. They 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 beat us, and we were uh, we were going to get we were going to play the final uh, the final game the final championship game in a cup. But then it was on the twenty sixth of March, and all sports activity was canceled on the seventeenth. So have, I, I was back idea. home. Yeah, didn't have a chance to do it. But it allowed me to just learn so much about what it is to be a professional uh how to act like one especially and NT was great because uh I got to do research about like motivation so I was looking at uh, specific motivation uh, which which motivation was going to have the biggest impact on goal progress and psychological well-being of student athletes and I thought it was really cool really cool subject uh but you know, to be able to 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 play, to compete, and to study at the same time, it was really a great opportunity. And that's something that's going to follow me for the rest of my life, no matter what. Like the diploma, the experience in the UK, the people that I've met, the connections, it's it going to be there forever, regardless of what happens to me next.
1: Are you coming back, or after COVID, or is it is it done in the UK now?
2: No idea. Absolutely no idea. I'm. Is a diploma?
1: Uh, I'm, is a diploma not like? Uh... Well, obviously, we don't know what's going to go on with um with, with COVID, but like, would you not come and finish your? Is it finished? Like, have you got your? Degree? Yeah, it's finished. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, cool, it's cool.
2: finished. I, I I finished it in uh, in August 2020. Yeah. So cool. I got the diploma in 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 October. Uh, it's finished, but like, I'd love to come back, and I'll be honest with you, I'd love to come back and be a mentor performance with a team. Yeah. And I'm trying to talk with teams right now, football teams, basketball teams, it doesn't matter. But like again, there's a lot of positive stuff developing here as well. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't want to talk too much about it because nothing is concrete. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to jinx myself, you know, but there's a lot of, and we could talk about that, like off the record, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But there's a lot of stuff developing here as well, because I think teams, universities are noticing that Athletes are going to need some kind of support now for um, following COVID. You know, okay. don't expect yeah. that you can just open up, start training, and 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 nobody needs some guidance, some assistance. So uh, there's some stuff developing here as well. There's 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 some stuff developing though in the UK as well. Though I'm not going to lie, so it's going to come down to pros and cons, and what's the best situation, what's the best fit, right? Yeah. To be honest, it's the same process. you would do as a as an athlete seeking a new team you got to look at all what's the best situation for you and 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 that's what i'm i'm currently looking for right now
0: it seems as uh as there's a lot of canadians that come to the uk actually to do their like accreditation process um what what is it like in 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 canada like sports psychology wise like is it would you say it's not as developed as the uk is that why a lot of people come like a lot of Canadians coming
2: yeah it's not it's not as developed like it's I don't think the title is protected at all like even you know like here like right now if I if I want to I can call myself a mental performance consultant and mm-hmm. there's no there's no penalty there's no nobody's gonna come knock on my door saying hey you can't do this yeah but I can't call myself a psychologist because that title is protected under an order you have to be a member of an order. You have to, you know, pay a membership and all that stuff. But here, like a few weeks ago, like I, I was sending an email to someone and I said like student mentor performance consultant, because I'm still finishing up my hours. I don't accept calling my, I calling myself something that I'm not, you know? And he was like, take that out of your, like your email, you know, like the signatures on your email. He's like, take that out. He's like, it's not even a protected title anymore. Like you're not finished, but like you've done more than eight, like 90% of it. So technically you, it's, mm-hmm. it's most, it's most likely a done deal. But I was just like, damn, like just like that, yeah. just like that. Like <laughs> I have the experience, I have the tools, I have the, the, the knowledge. So for me, it's not like, it's not a big deal, but if my neighbors wakes up and starts talking to the right people and he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm an NPC nothing is going to happen, you know? So that's where sports psychology still needs to improve and, and get better here in Canada, but slowly, like slowly and surely universities, teams, and organizations are realizing that to go forward, they're going to need people like that. You know, it took a lot of time for that, that there's the strength conditioning coach to have like a full time Role within teams, and now there's guys that are gonna spend four, uh, that are gonna spend 25 years with the same team, uh, making a great living, following athletes for decades, uh, and I think NPCs are slowly gonna, we're gonna slowly start, start that, uh, start seeing that, excuse me, within the next few years, because uh, like we need that. I've been talking with a few athletes, and I'm like, how valuable it is for you to have someone uh that you can just go knock on their office and, and and get to talk to on a daily basis weekly basis and they're like it's valuable yeah. it's valuable you know
1: no it is for sure like uh comparing that to like the uk like from, from your experience in canada like in the uk like i've been offered like jobs and stuff and i, I can't actually take them up on it because it can like turn out to like bite me in the arse, like in the future, because <laughs> if we try and do our training under the BPS or basis, they'll yeah. turn us away if we, if we try to practice as psychologists, like without being accredited or supervised. So it's yeah. a huge thing in the UK that, that no. restricts.
2: Which makes sense because like, who are you to just work without some kind of supervision? So, yeah. so what I'm doing right now is like, it's the, it's the, mental performance consultant under the 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 canadians what is it the CSP, canadian sport psychology association mm-hmm. so i have i have a lot of hours to do there's a lot of education requirement that i have completed already yeah. uh so this year it was really like completing these hours and getting supervised on a weekly basis you know sending these video sending these videos sending these questions and having this follow through with a supervisor with with uh, someone that has done it for more than five years to let me know like, okay, this is the right thing to do. This is the right, this is not the right thing to do. And for me, it's like, it's, it's so important. Like, like to whenever I'll be done, if I talk to the client and he's like, okay, like what's your accreditation? I'm like, it's right here. Look, it's, 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 it's this, it's this bachelor's degree, this master's degree, and this accreditation under an association and these guys are protecting me. There's an insurance policy, you know, having all these things, like, like some people, I I think 8% out of 10 are never going to ask me. Like 80% are never going to ask me because, uh, the way I approach people, my confidence, uh, how I work with them, they'd be like, yeah, yeah, this guy's legit. He's professional. But the the 20% of people that are not sure, right. The 80, 20 rule, right. The twenty percent people that are not sure, they're gonna be so uh they're gonna feel reassured when I tell them, No, 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 look, these are my credential, have a look and like let me know. You know, so for me, the way I, I see it is just like when you're an athlete, you want to be prepared for everything, man. And 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 that's the way it goes. No,
1: it's so important because it also that accreditation and being able to show people that it stops people from um, practicing who haven't even done like their undergrads. They haven't done their masters or anything there. And they are just like making an Instagram preaching yeah. stuff. What other people have said and like claim themselves as like a life coach or something. And it's like, man, you're discrediting everything. I've just worked for, like I've yeah. been studying for like, what? For doing, seven, like seven years. years, seven years. Yeah. Yeah. So. Exactly. Exactly. I think it's
0: a, I think it's a big problem in Belgium actually like mm. from what I've heard it's like people end up doing like two hour courses and like uh claim their mental performance coaches and you're just like wow and they actually put like their diploma of like that two hour course in like um it's probably like sports facilities but they put it like at the entrance like oh yeah
2: this I must you have sports yeah. uh, like, it's just mad like uh, it's, oh, it's like God. I um Early on this year, I was looking at like mindfulness courses and stuff like that. And like, there's a course out there. I'm not gonna name, you know, the 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 company or anything like that. But like, I wanna get in trouble? Don't get. In trouble. Yeah, there's a course, like, you know, because you know, you guys are a world known podcast. You know, that out. well, out. Watch Let's go. Yeah, Let's go. Right. <laughs> so. I look it up online and I'm like, I have access to this course for free. And, and I looked it up and like, I did week one, whatever, but like you could just click through it. You can legit click through. I've done this. I've done that. It's like at the end of like the week, there's a checklist. And if you just click on it, they're going to assume that you've done it. You do that for four weeks. They give you a diploma for free. You print it, you put in a nice little, I don't know, uh, What's it frame, called? Frame. frame, frame. It nice little frame. My bad. Yeah. I got a little, a little. Uh, it's the French, part, right? It's the French, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you exactly with the same French, but you know we got we got someone that doesn't speak French, so yeah. Come on, guys. <laughs> and so I was like, man, this is nonsense. Like, so what I did instead is I. Uh, I registered for a course I had to pay for it but it was like under the mental commission of, of uh, Health Canada and like it's a real it's a legit thing it's a legit legit certification yeah like obviously you have to pay for it but like it was a whole a full eight hour uh, day courses we had stuff to do before we had stuff to do after and like it's legit uh, and that's much more valuable than the crap you'll see online but you can go on on any web Go online right now. There's a platform that I'm not going to name. You could create yourself a diploma. Oh, no,
1: yeah. You can, (laughs) can, literally,
2: Right. (laughs) You know? Yeah. So I think it comes down with with what kind of individual you are. I've always believed in that. So for me, it's just an easy decision. And, like, I remember I was talking to my supervisor. I was telling her, like, I was talking about my future and like how much, like I was having a, a big conversation about, you know, what do you charge, what's your process, you know, just to, to learn a little bit, you know, when it'll be my time. And I told her like, I'm like, you know, I'm thinking about charging this per hour. And she was like, you can't do that. I was like, why? She goes, it's not enough. Like you're, you're yeah. undervaluing the profession.
1: No, yeah, hundred oh. percent. This is something so big in our course at the moment. Like no one knows, like, Uh, how much to charge like it's so true and we do need to value the the work we have to put in it's it's so much work it's as much as like you value a physiotherapist you vary a doctor like all them we are doing the same amount of stuff uh like we need to be paid like similar yeah Yeah, we need to value
2: the profession Like, like um i have these in the hours i have to complete there's a section it's like preparation right but there's there's a maximum number that you can put within your hours because people are going to put 200 hours of prep and they're not going to do as much consultation right yeah and i've stopped like counting my hours because of preparation because i've hit that mark a few weeks back but lately i've been prepping presentation and i have a presentation to prep for tomorrow so if you guys uh you guys gotta (laughs) give me some time to prep right so so i gotta prep on uh, some preparation to do for tomorrow and like I'm looking at a good two hours later tonight to prep. So, you know, two hours of prep, my own research time on, on the subject, my own knowledge, my studying, and giving the presentation is at least an hour. For a one hour session, you're thinking, well, I'm only paying you for an hour. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You, I mean, I'm not getting paid now, right? But yeah. technically in the future, it's like, you gotta pay me for six hours, Yeah, five hours of work, you know? Yeah. But my supervisor was telling me this she's like you're not paying for the service you're paying for all the studying you've done yeah you know there's a difference that's why these courses online that are free it's because it's two hours mm. you know my my master last year was 180 credits which is equivalent to like 1500 hours something like that yeah. or, or i'm not sure i'm not sure the amount of hours but I think it was basically, it's like 30 hours a week for like 35 weeks, something like that. It's basically like a full-time job of of studying for a year, you know? And my master was 57 weeks. It was one year intensive. So that's what you're paying for. Plus the bachelor, plus the personal experience. Mm -hmm. But it's such a sensitive aspect to discuss too, because a part of you is like, who am I to charge 30 pound an hour? But it's like, dude, like you have to be comfortable with that because you think a doctor a, you think a, a a doctor in a private sector really cares that he charge 100 100 quid for an hour mm. i don't know does not care he studied yeah. for 10 years like you're lucky to pay 100 quid you're lucky it's not 200 yeah yeah no that's so
1: true but um yeah we've been uh, talking for like an hour and a half now and um yeah. i want to uh, move on to so obviously you know I asked uh, the audience and the followers uh, if they got any questions, questions. for you, and uh, we've got a few. So I'll uh, we'll go. Me and John will go one for one. So, okay. Uh, yep. a, a really, one that I liked was: um, Do you have any like, other hobbies outside of basketball and mental performance that you actually like doing?
2: All right, I'm a I'm a I'm a huge coffee lover. Like oh, I I can drink oh, coffee. <laughs> yeah. I can drink coffee all day long, and since I've been. Uh, reading and 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 learning a lot about sleep i've reduced my caffeine intake because it's had a a big impact on natural hormones in your brain i won't get into lecture but i love coffee so much like i remember like i used to be a big peanut butter lover and people (laughs) were asking me peanut butter or coffee and back then i wasn't sure but now it's coffee all the way i yeah so coffee uh, i'm a big fan of coffee uh, to be honest like you need to get we one of their machines. Yeah, like, like, I got the machine what? right there. The, Matt Fraser.
1: The, the... Do you know who Matt, Fra- Matt Fraser is? He's, what um, is it? he's a CrossFitter. Uh, he's like the fittest man in the world. And he's got okay. like this uh, big like coffee machine that like just like espressos and he's like yeah. mad for coffee. Oh
2: yeah. man, like my parents have had this machine for a long time and like they just use it to do regular coffee but I use it to do like cappuccinos, espressos, yeah, yeah. latte, all that stuff. Uh, my girlfriend was a, bar- oh my God, it was the best time of my life. She was a barista, <laughs> she was a barista in a, in a coffee oh, stand in yeah. the subway, it, right beside my school. So I would, to go to school, I had, I had to, I'd, I'd see her working, uh, and whenever I would go shoot or train, I would come in and she would scoop me a, a free coffee, free coffee. Yeah. and I would go shoot. And I remember that was her routine on Saturday morning. She would work really, really early. And I'd get to go shoot around 8 or 10 because the sports center wasn't open yet, whatever. But, like, I would, my routine was get up, breakfast, go see her, get a nice little cappuccino. Yeah. Go shoot for two hours, come back, get another coffee, go do my Saturday, you know? Yeah, yeah, Best time in my life, man. Don't tell her that. Though. But, uh... You I only went to- that. That's one of my hobby. Uh, yeah, John, what were you gonna say?
0: I was just gonna say you only went to see her for the uh, for the coffee, right? Yeah, you
2: only went for the coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah sure. And and actually, uh, she she um, her and her mom. She got her dad like a, this nice coffee machine as well for Christmas, and like I was on that for several weeks. Yeah. Man. Uh, but uh, coffee is one of my hobby. I love reading. Reading, like. I got a book right beside me right here. Uh, Oxygen Advantage. That's a book I've been reading uh, about breathing. I got uh, Why We Sleep over there. I got Atomic Habits, not too far from me. Uh, I'm always reading three, four books at the same time. And every day I give myself 15 to 30 minutes to read every single day because – there's like, we talked about knowledge early on, right? And there's so much knowledge in books, and a part of me, I feel like a part of me loves that self-achievement when I finish a book.
1: That's good, yeah.
2: And to be able to come back to it and always like always highlight in my uh, you you won't see it. I'm not gonna show you, but like always highlight in my book, take yeah. some notes.
1: Yeah, I make out like, on the contents like, um, like there's like normally like a blank page. I like write down what I've like learned from like the different chapters and stuff, and uh, then I go back to them like at one day, and I'll get that piece of information and yeah. use it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: What I want whenever I have my 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 first big house, big house, whatever, like I want a big library, <laughs>
0: yeah. big, big big
2: library. Uh, my second hobby uh, that I've started is because of my girlfriend. is board games. I okay. love board games. So, what's your favorite?
0: What's your favorite? Oh man, Monopoly a <laughs> bit.
2: My favorite. What's uh, Catan? You guys know Catan? Nah. No. Oh man. Hey, uh, yes, to the teachers. <laughs> yeah. Catan or, or, or um, what's it called in English? Uh, t- ticket to Ride. Ticket to Ride is a good game. There's also a game also called Sheriff of Nottingham. <laughs> Yeah, uh, must be a Nottingham game. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a game where you have to be a thief and steal stuff. So maybe it's the reputation the city has, whatever.
0: <laughs> maybe
2: you should have been in cov, Coventry. yeah, oh, yeah.
0: Coventry, <laughs> yeah. where we did, where we studied. It's so. yeah, next level, I think.
2: <laughs> but but um, yeah, these are some of the hobbies, man: coffee, board games, reading, and like my fitness. Like uh, I'm not sure what's next. Uh, athletically, but like I've always been big on fitness. I've yeah. been running a lot. Like as soon as we, we get done, I'm probably going to grab lunch and, and go run and go lift. Uh, nice. That's something I'll never stop to be honest. Yeah. So yeah, that I'd say, these are my hobbies, man, because as intense as I am in sports and my career, I still need that time to kind of like doze off and just get this mental rest. Uh, we talk about it, right? I'm sure you guys talk about it with people, with, with possible clients and, and people around you. But we also have to implement, pre- preach- we have to be preaching what we're saying, right? So, yeah,
0: that's a sort of big mate. point. Yeah. <laughs> we set, we've we posted this, like I think, last week or even the week before, like practice what you preach. And I feel like I'm not really doing that at the moment. But yeah, it's something I we're need- trying to do. Yeah. yeah, we need to get yeah, in the habit of that. It's, it's
2: tough, man. It's tough. I, uh, I was shooting last night and like my self-talk was no good like i kept cussing at myself and and i was like a part of me was like i gotta stop out of it and i did and like everything went well so it's like why do we even do that like oh, negative self-talk it's not it's uh, not nah. giving you anything and then i snapped out of it and then i was fine so yeah. just cut to the chase and just stay positive you know but, but it's cool. just it's harder to to, to do it than uh, it's easier to say it than doing it yeah exactly
1: was there any other sports apart from just basketball that you played
2: oh man when i was young uh, you know i'm canadian so hockey obviously yeah a lot of a lot of winter sports skiing snowboarding skating oh, the, the snowboarding so good uh, it's, it's so in, cool yeah
0: in canada uh-huh. as soon as you open the door in winter it's basically skiing right like <laughs> i swear yeah. everything's frozen yeah <laughs> I like snowy
2: Skiing and skating, man, uh, when uh, me and my brother, we used to, at, the, at our cottage, we we had a cottage near a lake and, like, we would make our own ice with the lake and, like, he was a goalie, so I would, like, help him practice and I would just shoot on him all day long. Yeah. Uh, a lot of winter sports, man, skating, even, um, what's the term? John, uh, c'est quoi en anglais le, quand faire um, glisser sur la neige like slipping? No, not sledding. English
0: all ski with a toboggan,
2: a traîneau. Oh, uh, la luge. In, yeah, it's what in, I'm in, in getting... English. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm trying oh, right. like, to French. I have no
0: idea. Sledding, wish, sledding? sledding. It's that yes. not, that not sledding thing, it's that. Not... Where where you get on like a yeah,
1: um, yeah, seat
2: and then you go down the hill.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah sledding. 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 So, I've yeah. <laughs> done that a long time. Done that for <laughs> i think i think i would still do that to this day it's just so much fun you know? <laughs> yeah yeah uh
0: when we get snow over here in europe
1: we're all hyped but yeah, I know you guys, everyone's <laughs> out like throwing snowballs
2: <laughs> for you guys and, it's a pain it's and then fun. and then you get snow for one day so <laughs> yeah yeah literally yeah and then it just no. turns
0: into that horrible brown stuff where it's like yeah. all muddy and horrible
2: it's just water so,
0: yeah. slush yeah. right we'll move on to the second question we got so you've competed uh like obviously in the US and in the UK, what would you say is like the big difference between the two, like in terms of level or even like mm. in terms of the team?
2: Um, one of the biggest difference I'd say facility-wise, I think the UK has still, there's some amazing places uh, to train, but I still think uh, the UK needs to like take a step forward and like improve yeah. some of the facility. Um, ntu was great but like the gym where we played our games there was no logo on the ground or or anything that would tell us that we're at ntu you know so that's something i remember like i posted a, a, a game-winning shot or something on my instagram and a friend was like a friend of mine was like that's your home gym and i was like <laughs> yeah it no it's like, so true yeah like
1: if you think like i live in leicester so if you look at the rugby stadium the football stadium and I live just down the road from, like, the basketball arena, like, the difference, like, the two stadiums are huge, and then if you look at the basketball one, it's, like, Leicester Riders, like, and they're a big team, I swear. Yeah, like,
2: they're a big team, yeah, yeah,
1: They're doing, like, unreal in the league at the moment, and it's, yeah. like, how have they not got the facilities as well? So there definitely needs to be more funding because I'm yeah. definitely going to go and check out more games when COVID uh, is over
2: Yeah, Leicester Riders. Like, the facility is one, but also, like, the lifting facility, you know? Like... Mm. I think NTU, what was great at NTU was like the scholar had access to like their own lifting room and that was sick. I was in there every day, honestly. Um, but like, uh, what's missing as well is like access to like ATs, physiotherapists, nutritionists, yeah. sports site. We had a sports psych with NTU, but it's like, we saw him once at the end of the year and it was like, well, if you want to see me, swing by. But it's like, the sports psychologist assigned to us was just a teacher. So it wasn't legit. It wasn't someone that was around us. He he didn't, he didn't felt, it didn't feel like he was a part of a team at all. Like, so in, in the States uh, and even in Canada, the ATs and everyone that was around us, they were at every practice. So they were at every practice, every road game. They had their own gear. You know, they felt part of a team. They were they felt part of the family, so I'd say this was something that was missing a little bit, a, a big difference, uh, and like even even for the N, some of the NBL teams that I was around with, uh, the setup was just not ideal, you know. Yeah. Like I think something I was missing is that you want to be treated like a pro. You need you need to act like one, obviously, but like you need it needs to be pro facilities. It needs to be pro services, you know yeah well, I think the there's a, for a lot of teams there's a big misconception about what it means to be a pro but you guys can invite me to another podcast if we can yeah. talk about
1: that right? oh yeah 100%, 100%. so uh, yeah let's uh, sort of come to the uh, end of the episode and like it's probably been one of my favorite episodes uh, we've recorded like 100% so we'll give you a quick uh, minute to uh, plug anything you have or, or what you're doing like just this is your minute plug yourself alright
2: <laughs> well I'm not. I'm not a big. Uh, I'm not gonna say I'm not a big fan of plugging myself, but I, I like to stay humble. So basically, just like uh, you guys, you know, I'm I'm working to be a mental performance consultant. Uh, I've been doing that for the past years. Been doing great. Uh, having the opportunity to, to to work and talk to athletes of all sports, of all level. You know, basketball, football, American football, hockey, a lot of badminton, volleyball. Uh, track and field from high school to the pros, uh, and and you know you can follow me on my Instagram at Miller Consulting at twenty twenty. Yeah, That's yeah. the IG profile, or just shoot me a message DM or my personal Instagram uh, Miller Charles fifteen. Uh, but you guys, it's been great to chat with you guys, and I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna be able to do it again. Oh, um, yeah, well, we, we we talked about so much so much stuff. But, you know, I think there's there's beauty in, in you know, uh, having all these connections worldwide. And I think, I hope that we, as the start of something bigger, and I, 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 I truly hope that we'll be able to meet each other one day in, in one spot, you know, yeah, either 100%. in the UK, in Belgium, or in Canada, or, man, somewhere in the world. It would be yeah. nice to meet her, to, to meet at, like, a one big world convention, you know, yeah. either within the next few years or, or whatever. But i think you guys uh, are doing something great uh and i need i need some kind of co-host to do a podcast before <laughs> yeah, i get man. to it you know do it.
0: it's it's honestly so much easier i don't think yeah. i could do it at all like literally yeah. like it's it's just so easy it makes yeah. the thing so much more relaxing but but no man we really appreciate you coming on and i think you're one of the friendliest people we've ever met like mm. so far yeah. so like really really appreciate uh like you sharing your thoughts and just being so friendly man uh and approachable like that's that's the key thing yeah um
1: so uh yeah links to uh all his instagram and that will be in the description um if you could please share this with your friends or someone you feel would uh, will benefit from it or if you just enjoyed the episode just just share it on your social media and uh, most importantly you need to uh, like subscribe and uh comment down below any questions you had uh <laughs> and we'll answer them in the uh, bonus episode uh but also comment down below any topics or any guests you'd want in the future uh so thanks for listening and uh, we'll see you in the next one. See ya. See ya. Right.